listening to Vet Candy. Hello and welcome to this episode of Vet Candy IRL. And I'm your host, Shannon Gregoire. So today we have a fantastic guest who is actually a fellow vet student and she's across the pond over in Poland, but she's originally from Norway. So please help me welcome that student, Tina Hansen. Hi, Tina. Hi. <laughs> Thank you so much for inviting me to this. It's really cool. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for joining me today. So how are things in Poland right now? Oh, right now it's actually really good. Um, everything's open. It's, but I think the cases are rising. So I'm kind of scared for like the next few months, honestly. <laughs> well, I'm glad it's good right now. And hopefully it stays that way. <laughs> How is school out there? So if everything's open, you're in person and everything's kind of back to normal. Yeah. So it's been closed now for almost like one and a half year. And uh, this semester finally started on again, like everything's in person. But then from next week, the lectures are always already going to be online because the cases are more. So hopefully we'll get to have the practicals, you know, because like I basically skipped whole first year and had no practicals. So I'm kind of like scared for my education, honestly. Yes, I totally relate to that. Yes. <laughs> it's, it's like that in the States as well. Well, I mean, it's better now, but depending on what state you're living in, but with COVID, my whole third year was basically virtual. So I was supposed to be in clinics that whole year and I wasn't hardly at all. So yeah, exactly. So yeah, I'm also a little bit scared for my education, but it's, well, just, it's fine. So tell us a little bit about, you know, where you're from, what's it like growing up in Norway and what made you want to go to veterinary school? So yeah, I grew, I'm born and raised in Norway. I uh, grew up in a town like one and a half hour from Oslo. And I think I, I always liked those classes in school, like biology, chemistry, or like math and those kind of things. And um, I was thinking that direction, but, you know, I, I was always told, you know, you, you need straight A's to get in. So I was like, oh, it's probably not an option. And kind of, I just felt like I would never be able to get in. So I kind of just gave up on it and just like, yeah, you know, maybe. And I was thinking like maybe doctor something-ish research, whatever I can get into. So um, actually a friend of mine was, was going into the military and work as a medic. And I was like, okay, I'm not sure what to do with my life at this point. So I might as well sign up for the military. So yeah, I spent one year in the military and I was going to do um, like the medic. But when I got there, I realized that we could actually work with the military dogs, like work for canine and work with the vet. Yeah. That was kind of like a crossroad, but I was just like, wait, I don't actually want to work with people. Like I, I love animals. I grew up with animals. I've been riding since I was nine. And, you know, like it was just like, do I follow my heart or my brain kind of moment? Like the one I was thinking about doing and the one I can always get used for. Uh, or like do what I want to do. And then in the military, my motivation was kind of low. Like the, it's harsh, dude. Like it's hard. My motivation was really low. So I was like, you know, I need to do something that I want to do. So that's why I went for like the military dog service. And then I was so lucky. I think I was like 10 out of 300 appliers, appliers, eh, appliers or something that I got in. So then I was like, oh, okay. I was like, okay, if I get into medic, like consider staying in the military. If I get into a canine, I'll stay. And if I don't get into any of them, I'll just skip out. Say I broke a toenail, whatever. <laughs> so like they would throw me out for something. So I got in. So yeah, I spent so much time in the, in the military with uh, military dogs and that was very educational. And then it was just clear to me like, oh, I want to be a vet. Like, <laughs> and then again, you know, I don't, I don't have the grades to get in, in Norway. 
uh, obviously, because we have like one school with like 50, 70 people each year. And you literally like need straight A's to get in. Like, so we have a lot of students going to like Central Europe. Uh, and don't get me wrong, like I was like, I was like, oh, uh, maybe I should go to Harvard. You know, I was like, I wanted to aim high. So I, <laughs> I was looking at every option. I was looking at Australia. I was looking at California, you know, it was placed in the States and stuff. But for me, that would be like nine years versus like the five and a half that is in like Central Europe. And also it would be like, what do you pay for your schools over there? Like 30,000 euros a year. It's so expensive. Like I can't afford it. So and then in Central Europe, you get a quite nice like scholarship and a loan from the government since I'm a region. Uh, and then, yeah, and then the schools are not that expensive. So we're living pretty nicely down here. Not going to lie. Yeah, that's so nice. And I mean, the fact that it's cheaper and a shorter period of time is like a win-win. Like, I wish I could have done that. <laughs> no, no, but actually you can. Like, that's, I kind of want to like say that to any American also listening to this. Like, we do actually have people in Canada and the States who are going to vet school here because, you know, it takes you five and a half years instead of what is it for you? Like eight years. Yeah. And you pay like 8,000 euros a year, at least in my school. And it's English division. So even for international students too, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everything. So the only problem, I think going back to the States would be like, you still have to take the Navy and a state board exam or something. I'm not hundred percent sure how the process is, but I know there is a process to get back, but still, I think it would save more money and probably still a few years of time by going to Poland. And it's easy to get into school here. Like getting into like vet school and med school in the States is like winning the lottery. <laughs> it's like <laughs> literally <laughs> so hard. So like getting into Poland is actually not that hard. Like, Wow. Well, that's great. I mean, if I had known when I was 18 that I could go international into vet school, I probably would have looked into it a little more. But I honestly didn't know that that existed when I was graduating high school. Exactly. That's kind of why I want to like, especially now in a podcast when everyone can hear it and stuff, like put it out there. Cause I think a lot of people don't know. I'm not saying the process is easy and everyone's going to help you on the way, but I'm saying it's possible, you know? Right. Yeah, absolutely. If you want to, you know, graduate when you're 24 and a half instead of 26, it's kind of nice. Yeah. And it saves so much money though. <laughs> yeah, that too. So you don't come out with crazy debt, like some of the schools in uh, the U.S. It's crazy. And how was COVID for you? So what happened? Were you stuck in Poland or were you able to go back to Norway? Yeah. So for Norwegians, you know, there's always like a chance of going back, going back to Norway. So it was kind of like you could drive and take a boat and take buses and stuff like that. Um, at one point, it was actually quite hard and we were kind of scared, like, are we going to get trapped, you know? Um, so I was kind of trapped. Like, I didn't really want to or like go home, you know, I was waiting for things to open. I thought it was going to be a short process, you know, I was like, I couldn't imagine that this even was possible. So I was basically, I was stuck in an apartment all by myself for like four months or so. Uh, it was very lonely. I was starting to get a bit crazy. Uh, I think that's when I started TikTok. Actually, I was running nuts. Like I was alone and just like, I, like, I don't know, the highlight of the week was when my neighbor knocked on the door because I played too loud music. I was like, oh, people. <laughs> <laughs> right? Interaction. <laughs> exactly. No, I was running nuts. And like the same for the summer. I was working like night shifts, uh, living alone most of the time. And I was just alone, like almost the whole year, which is, I don't know, COVID, it wasn't easy for everyone. <laughs> <laughs> We'll be right back with more Vet Candy.
Pet Candy Radio delivers world-class content with engaging voices and inspirational messages curated by a network of top influencers and experts. Stream 24-7 at myvetcandy.com. Yeah, no, it's definitely weird. And it was super weird, like having no one out and around. It just looked desolate everywhere. Exactly. Like once I kind of like figured stuff out and was over like the worst part, like after the summer, you know, I was home for a while and then I was just like, you know what, you know, it's still possible to travel. Like (laughs) if you just take the right measurements and test and quarantine and do do those kind of things, like it's not impossible. So this year, honestly, I started, I was in Zimbabwe in February. Um, I went to Spain. I worked in Spain for like six weeks after that. And then I went to the States this summer, most of the summer and road trip the west coast and I went to wow where in the states I was in Washington mostly I was there for like uh, six weeks or more um I was working in some clinics there and then um I went to Las Vegas I met a friend we we had a car we drove to like Utah Arizona California where we saw like all the typical stuff like Yellowstone National Park and like Hollywood and <laughs> San Diego everything yeah we saw a lot of stuff, so that was really, really cool. And then I went to South Africa after that. So at least, like, yeah, you know, it's better now anyways, situation. Wow, that's so cool. So how do you travel like that with school? Or is it for, like, school credit and things like that? No, you know, a lot of people ask me, like, how it's possible and stuff. Um, how do I even answer that? Um, <laughs> we have three months of summer vacation, so we have a lot of time. And then you can work a little, and then maybe you can travel a little. And then we push it a little bit. So we have like two weeks of Christmas, two weeks of semester break and some long weekends here and there and stuff like that. And that's usually when when I do my travels. (laughs) And yeah, usually I work in the summer. So I spend all those money on travels. So like like when I went to like Australia during the Christmas and stuff, then I I just used all my money on like flight tickets. (laughs) But it was worth it though. It was totally worth it. Absolutely. That's so cool. So you said you went to Zimbabwe and Spain, like which of those places that I guess that you've been the last year has been your favorite? Depends if you mean like travel wise, like travel back to or place I want to live. <laughs> okay. So maybe one that you would live and then another one that like just blew your mind. Well, I think honestly, I think I could live in South Africa at least for a while. Cause like when you're in Zimbabwe, you know, you go to the shop and everyone's like, Oh, tourist, you know, like you're white everyone like recognizes you and then you go to like South Africa and like people are like oh what's your like number and you're like oh plus 47 they're like oh you're not from here I'm like no oh <laughs> weird <laughs> yeah it was just like I felt like I fit in like and I really like the vibe there like just the way people look at nature like most people anyways and I don't know it's so pretty and warm usually it was not that warm when we were there <laughs> winter and South Africa is apparently not that hot in winter. <laughs> yeah, because they're all the way at the bottom. So they actually get kind of cold, huh? Exactly. It was not as warm as I thought it would be. <laughs> I did not bring enough clothes for that trip. <laughs> oh, gosh. Well, hopefully they had stuff. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I survived. I just put the layers. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just 15 layers. It's fine. <laughs> exactly. And I'm not going to lie. Well, Zimbabwe is also amazing, though, like every time. But also Spain was because I was in Malaga and it was just like it was working out. It was just like they had like an outdoor arena. Um, they had like flowers around the whole thing. You could see the mountains in the background. It kind of looked like Hawaii. And it was always sunny and it was it was so pretty. 
honestly, it's such a nice place. Wow, that's so cool. So how do you like, so if you're traveling in all your breaks and stuff, like how do you keep up with, I mean, school while you're traveling? Like, do you do anything for school while you're traveling? Or is it, I'm ending school, I'm traveling. And then when I get back, I'll do stuff. Uh, it kind of depends. So like when I was in third year, it was very hectic. So I kind of had to study a little bit during Christmas break because when I was going back, it was going to be exams and stuff. So obviously it's a long flight. So I was studying the whole flight. And it honestly, time just flies when you're <laughs> flies <laughs> when you're on the plane reading. <laughs> Anyways, yeah, I, know, I was reading a little bit when I was there. But like during the summer, we don't really have anything unless we have like retakes or something. So yeah, usually I'm, I'm just traveling. When I was in Spain, though, I still had school. So um, I was doing my online classes on my ear when I was arriving. <laughs> Not ideal, but <laughs> I was tired of sitting in front of my computer every day. So I needed something. Honestly, it was driving me crazy. Yes, I got that way too with COVID. Sitting in front of my computer on Zoom for six or eight hours a day was awful. It was awful. I used to like going to class and then coming home and doing stuff on my computer. And I literally couldn't bear to stare at my computer screen for another minute since class was over. And all, everyone was like, oh, look, we're having this online lecture, online courses. And I'm just like, I'm so tired of sitting in front of my computer. Like I might record it or watch the recording later, but I can't be ours. Like, oh, and actually when I was in um, Zimbabwe in February, that was in the middle of my exam period. So I was actually studying when I was there as well. And we had like a really, really rough exam. We had an oral and it was like, I think it was a retake even. It was so rough. And I was there and I didn't have a reception. So like there were like the internet was down because that happens all the time, especially like some other parts of Africa. It's like the internet disappears. You have no water, stuff like that happens all the time. So uh, at one point I was like, I was having my retake and a guy had to like drive me for like half an hour out of town or like into town. Uh, to get reception so I could share it to my computer and then take my exam in the car so uh, that was very very hectic and then the, the other time it was actually really funny I was having my exam and the, the wi-fi was working so I was sitting there at their office <laughs> I'm sitting there having my exam uh, with a really strict teacher who's like barbecuing me for questions he's like asking me everything and the camera is on and then there was like a baboon baby running around the room <laughs> and it was like jumping on my lap with you know with a diaper on and everything and my teacher was just like oh dear lord <laughs> like it's fine it's my 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 exam partner is my baboon okay he helps me study that was a hilarious moment I'm not gonna lie he looked so like I don't know just done with it <laughs> oh my gosh so what year are you right now in vet school and what is like the structure kind of look like at it's Glasgow, right? Glasgow, Poland. Wrocław, um, Wrocław. Yeah. I'm in fifth year now. I just started fifth year. So I have about one and a half years left, like 11 semesters and five and a half years. So yeah, I only have one and a half years left. That's unreal. Honestly, like, like everyone's like, Oh, I'm so excited to finish. I'm, I'm so excited to start working, you know, like, why? <laughs> you have to start adulting, doing adult stuff. Like, you got responsibilities. I don't know. You're a, I call, I call um, like being in university or college, like um, adult trial period. <laughs> yeah, it's a good way to putting it. <laughs> yeah, it's like fake adulting. It's not real. It doesn't really have any big consequences. But uh, once you're out of it, then you're like, oh, this is actually like my life now. Exactly. And like, I've always like I had a horse from I was like 13 until like when I sold it when I went to the military and this is like the first time in my life where I like don't have any animals and of course like it sucks 
But one other side, like I don't have any responsibilities. I can go wherever I want, whenever I want. Like I can travel. I usually order my tickets like the night before and I'm just like, oh, let's go to Hawaii tomorrow. You know, exactly. It's so it's nice to have that period of being free and not tied down. Because when I went to California for vet school, my parents kept the pets. So I went by myself because I knew I'd be flying back and forth across the United States like pretty frequently. So having a, a pet over there like wouldn't be like fair to me or the pet because I would be gone so much. Exactly. No, it's kind of, I'm kind of sad I don't have it here as well because like having a horse here would be cheaper. Having a dog, honestly, it's such a dog-friendly city. Like you can bring it to almost all classes. They say you shouldn't bring it to lab, but like my friends bring their dogs to the labs all the time. And like the teacher's always like, yeah, of course. And you go to a restaurant, they're just like, oh, they bring your dog some water and stuff. Like it's such a dog friendly place. Like, wow, that's so cool because our, our campus was literally like, you can't have pets on school grounds unless it's a, like a, a support animal or something like that. They're not allowed. Like, oh, in a vet school, there's no pets allowed. <laughs> Exactly. What? <laughs> like, oh, that doesn't make sense. But sure, let's do that. That's so cool, though. But I mean, once you graduate and get your your adulting together, you can have as many pets as you want. <laughs> exactly. And that's what I'm looking forward to uh, at the end of, you know, everything. Yeah, exactly. So does that mean you graduate in 2023? Yes, in February. Unless I fail something, then I have to do another year or something. <laughs> Haven't happened yet. So. No, I'm sure that won't happen. <laughs> Honestly, me and my friends are like joking about it. Like, maybe we should just fail a class. We can stay here one more year. <laughs> it's so fun to be a student here. Like, honestly, it's because I live in like a student city. Like, I think half of the population here is like students. And it's so many international students because they have like English division everywhere. And it's just so much happening. And there's always like festivals or parties or people traveling or like social stuff. You know, there's just so much going on. Yeah. And I really like this city as well, because like some cities are so big. It's a big city. It's one of the fifth biggest in Poland or something. But I can bike across the town, like on the other side of the city in like less than half an hour. So like it's not that big. Like this, it's not like the States, you know, it's hard when you're used to travel in Europe and you just go to a hostel, take some buses and like everything's easy, like a hour drive and you're on the other side of the country. But in the States, I was just like, I was going to the States and I was like, oh, I'm going to go, you know, I'm visiting my family. So I'm going from like Washington to San Francisco. It doesn't look that far. It's just on the West Coast, you know? So I was like, oh, let's take a, take a train or something. It was like, what, 16 hours or something. <laughs> it was very far. Yeah. It's like every state in the U.S. is a country or two in Europe. <laughs> exactly. So, so like some countries are just like, you really want a car. It's like the States or Australia or uh, Africa. You just need a car because it's not not as packed as like Europe. <laughs> we'll be right back with more Vet Candy. Vet Candy makes learning fun with the most fascinating people on our planet. Our entertaining continuing education programs are made for your streaming world. Fabulous, fun, and free. Available on demand anywhere and anytime. Don't miss out. Subscribe today on iTunes, YouTube, or a platform of your choice. Or visit myvetcandy.com for more information. Yeah, the only times you can really use public transport in the U.S. is if you're in like a major city, and some major cities have good public transport, but like 
LA really doesn't. They're mostly a car city anyway. So it really depends on where you are for our public transport, whether it's uh, worth it. (laughs) I was in Seattle, you know, this summer and I was like, I didn't have a car. So I was like biking for like 35 minutes uphill, like every day to get to the clinic and stuff. And then I was like a few times I tried to take the bus and stuff. Like, I did not feel safe on those buses. Like, there was not a lot of normal people taking buses there, you know? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, you're kind of, like, watching everybody, like, making sure (laughs) nothing creepy happens. Most people are, like, homeless, and you you hear about all these shooting episodes and, like, crazy stuff happening in the States, and honestly, I did not feel safe taking the public transport there. (laughs) Yeah, it can be really scary, and it's gotten worse ever since, like, COVID and all this crazy stuff happening, so it's been a little scary. (laughs) Exactly. Like here, I honestly, like I can walk home from town in the middle of night. I've done that so many times. And then I was walking in daylight midday in the middle of Seattle, like through Seattle. And I was so dead scared. Like it was just homeless people and tents and stuff everywhere. And like people asking me stuff and walking after me. And I, I was so unsafe. Like that was not cool. Well, I'm glad you made it out of Seattle alive. <laughs> It, was, it is a bit of a crazy place, honestly. So what do you want to do like when you graduate vet school? Have you decided like, if you want to specialize or if you want to work with certain types of animals yet? I want to do everything. Everyone's like, oh, you got to like, you got to pick one thing and get really good at it, you know? And I, I get that. But at the same time, like I want to do everything. Like I've been looking into it. Like I love horses and I don't think I can live without horses like any longer. Um, but then I haven't really tried the hospital life and then being like a mobile vet, you know, we do a lot of the, the same stuff, just like vaccines and you have so many limitations and I don't like that. And um, well, small animal, I, I think there's so much bad environments, honestly, and like clinics and stuff. If I want a clinic, I want to build my own clinic, you know, <laughs> honestly, like just handpick all of the people and just be really strict about it. So I would like to own my own clinic, but then I think it would be more like an integrative clinic. A little bit like different approach to things. And I'm also thinking about like exotics or wildlife. Um, <laughs> I We had birds today actually in school and I thought it was so interesting. Like I don't have that much experience with birds. My best friend growing up though was a rabbit. So I do love rabbits <laughs> and rabbits and guinea pigs and stuff like that. So I love exotics and stuff and I think it's really interesting. And I see in people who work in exotics, they're usually pretty cool. It's just, I don't know, yeah. No, I'm not sure how much need it is, is of it. And also wildlife would be really cool. Like, obviously, I just came from South Africa and I was, you know, in February and stuff, I was like, we're dotting lions, tracing uh, lions and testing for everything. And then now when I was in uh, South Africa, we're doing like capturing care. So we were like, you know, darting from helicopters and it was insane. (laughs) That's so cool. That's like an action movie, like 007 type stuff. (laughs) It was, I swear. Like, it was like I was living an action movie. And I'm so glad though. I'm so excited because I uh, got a friend that I met in Portugal, like what, four years ago? And I asked him if he wanted to come along and I asked him if it was okay if I brought a cameraman. So we got everything on tape. Like he was so good. He filmed everything in the most like difficult environments. He was like bumping around in the back of the car. He was sitting in the helicopter, you know, he was like standing like in the bushes hoping for animals not to run him down you know it was such a hard job for him too but like I think the shots are going to be super cool and I'm really excited to see where they end up because we're going to talk to like BBC or something maybe Netflix like see if someone wants to buy it and then if not like worst case we'll just put on YouTube or something but 
I'm super excited to share that story because it was an action show. Yeah, that's so cool. You guys should make like a little like short film or something and put it somewhere. Yeah, so we're going to make like a small like series and stuff. So like every day at the end of the day, we would sit like in front of the camera and we'll talk about what happened, what we learned and stuff like that. So hopefully it'll be a little bit uh, educational as well and give people some insight in like wildlife and how it actually works in in practice, uh, practical uh, view, like in South Africa. We had so much fun stuff. It was just always adrenaline. And, you know, you were standing in the back of a car, moving maybe like 60 kilometers an hour, uh, preferably off-road, following, following the helicopter. And then we're like, go, 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 go. And everyone jumps off and pulls the animal up there in the net and everything has horns and you have to hold the horns. And then they like start driving again. And they're like, okay, pull like one cc of this and then this much of that. And then we're, sometimes we have to calculate. And then we're sitting there, you know, it's very, very bumpy. It goes really fast and it's windy. And you pull up a needle, try not to stab yourself, uh, pull up the medication and try to inject it into like a mite, like moving animal. <laughs> so it's just, it's just so much adrenaline and so much like being precise, but at the same time, like calm and fast. So it was unreal. Honestly, it was so much fun. And then we did like mass captures as well, which was like a helicopter would like chase down to where we were and when the animals were down the helicopter would like make a sound and we would all like run as fast as we possibly could with the curtains to try to like catch catch them so they didn't run back out so it was like a race against time it was it was just unreal honestly it was so much fun wow and now for all your trips are there like certain groups like outreach groups that go and and take care of these wildlife or do you just like contact individuals um, you mean how I got to do these? Yeah, like, well, like, who did you go through to go on these trips and everything? Oh, every story, every trip has a different story, honestly. Um, they, they, these people actually contacted me on Instagram because I think, they're, you know, because of COVID and stuff, they had things online. So they wanted, like, ambassadors and stuff to, like, help them sell their course and stuff. Mm. Um, and then I realized what they actually were. And I was like, oh, my gosh, this, I really want to do this. This is one of the, like, cheapest and more, like, personal experiences anywhere that I've found so and I'm honestly so glad that I picked this exact place because you know you're a small group you're only like 10 people and you get to know them so well and you know you work with like the same team and the same people and you get really close to them and he does everything in his power to like give you the best experience and like he gave us surprises every day it was like we were we were just like on the car like not knowing where we're going and it was just so much fun and uh, yeah I don't even know um, I do actually have like still a discount in my bio and everything. If anyone wants to check it out. Wow, cool. So they have like different trips and stuff that they do that's on their website and stuff for people to like buy a ticket and go help them. Yeah. So this one is VetX, Umkonda uh, Big Five uh, in South Africa. There's a wildlife uh, capture care uh, course discount code um, in the link in my bio on Instagram. And traveling that student, <laughs> and they have like a three-week course where you where you go to South Africa and practical and actually do it, and it's just the whole experience was unreal. Like it was so much fun. Wow, yeah. And for everyone listening, we'll put um, Tina's social media handles and everything, so you can contact her directly if you have any questions, and then go through that link also to if you are interested in going to South Africa and helping wildlife because that's pretty awesome. <laughs> it was unreal. It was so cool, honestly. And yeah, I think the Zimbabwe trip was more like random. It was just like my mom actually sent me something on Facebook, like they was looking for a stable hand or something. And I was like, I realized who the person who's owning the project was. And it was uh, Gemma Campling. You know, she's she's British. She has her own company called the Worldwide Vets. And I was just like, oh, my God. And then I, I recognized Hein because um, Hein, the guy from the uh, project I just told you about, 
he's on the list of like people they, that they work with. So I was like, what? And then I was just very excited. I was like, I need to like meet this person because he's doing what I want to do. You know, it, that's what I like about things in life. You know, it's, it's not easy to start from the bottom and you don't know where to go. It's like when you see a person is doing something that you want to do or like you look up to, if you can go there and work with them and learn from them, honestly, that's the most valuable lessons I've ever gotten. When I go to like Zimbabwe and like worked with her, she showed me so much like uh, practical stuff also. Like I interviewed horses and everything and helped that with lions and everything. And also like when I went to um, Australia and I worked with uh, Gerardo Poli and Dr. Alex Hines, I met uh, Dr. Brooke. Oh, that's so cool. That <laughs> was amazing. They were showing me so much and I was just like with them the whole time. And I just kind of like, that's when my Instagram started growing too because I kind of like figured out their mindset and like how they put up goals and that's also how I'm also in the vet success academy that they've created which is basically about like the guiding vets to like be the best version of themselves and like not give up on the profession and and they have clinical videos about how to do like surgeries like gdvs and everything and they got so much like goal setting workshop was oh, it was like so educational honestly and it's all like dedicated to like vets so you need to check out that too. <laughs> yeah, I'll definitely have to check that out because I think I watched their that TV show that they're on. Bondi Vet, yeah. Yes, Bondi Vets. There's like a bunch of them. Maybe you see me in the background. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'll have to look for you now when I watch that show. I'll be like, where's Tina? <laughs> exactly. I don't know if I'm, if I'm actually in there because it's mostly life focused. But yeah, it was during Christmas. Was it not last Christmas, but the Christmas before that? <laughs> We'll be right back with more Vet Candy. Hello, this is Caitlin Palmer. You probably know me as the desk wench. You know, the sweet TikTok receptionist who has to deal with the evil Karen Stevens. Well, if you like that, you are going to love my new podcast, Desk Wench Confessions. On my show, I have funny guests who tell me about their own Karens. Plus, we have contests, giveaways, and skits. Trust me, you are going to love it. Check it out on a podcast platform of your choice on Vet Candy Radio. Yeah, that's so awesome to be able to go and meet all the veterinarians from all over the place because everyone practices a little bit different too. So it's really interesting to see. Exactly. And I, I feel like I've learned so much about like practice management and stuff as well. And just like, I don't know, I have so many like company ideas and things I want to like start and do. So it's just like, I don't even know where to start. I know, right? There's so many different options and cool things you can do with a veterinary degree. The options are actually endless. Endless. It's not just like everyone's like, oh, cats and dogs. It's like, no, there's a thousand different things you can do in the veterinary profession. Like, there's just so much different. Like you don't even have to work with animals if you don't want to. Right. Exactly. Yeah. You don't have to, honestly. <laughs> exactly. And it's just, and also like this summer, I was when I was working in Washington, I was also working with a lot of board certified uh, veterinarians, both like dermatologists and um, x-ray, uh, what's called radiology, and also like clinic owners. And like every day, you know, we're sitting in the car talking and they just taught me so much about like clinic ownership and also like things to like talk to and like the job interview and stuff like that. And I had like a job interview recently and I was like, okay, so how is actually like the ratio between vets and like um, vet nurses? And they, they were like, oh, we got like six vets and two nurses. And I was like, what? <laughs> how do you make money on that? Like, and then it's just like, I don't know. 
it's just funny now that like I feel like I know more than some people that are actually owning like incorporate a lot of clinics. It's just like I don't know. Yeah, those ratios are really important, especially if you want to have a really busy, successful practice. To have enough support staff per doctor is crazy. Exactly. I wanted to have kind of like trying to plan a live. So hopefully I'll get her to have a live on Instagram with me so she can talk more about like practice management and stuff because it's so interesting. She knows everything. It was really, really cool. That's so awesome. And you had mentioned earlier too that you rode horses. Did you compete or anything? Because I ride too. So I was like, oh my gosh, I have to ask her what she what she competed in. No way. That is so cool. Yeah. Show jumping. What about you? Oh, that's so awesome. I do dressage. Oh, that's cool. I have competed a little bit in dressage as well. I've been, I've been doing everything on horses, literally. I started riding when I was like nine, got my first like show jumping pony when I was 13, competed, uh, got on uh, mostly show jumping, a little bit of dressage, an Irish sports horse, went to Ireland, bought my horse when I was uh, 16. And then, yeah, I was competing with him also for three years, show jumping. Later in Africa, playing polo cross you know, going swimming. Um, I've trained a lot of different horses for other people, mostly like dressage or Western horses, actually. Yeah, I feel like I've got a little bit of everything. And honestly, anything on a horse is amazing. Right? I'm celebrating 17 years with my horse this year. So it's been a long time. (laughs) That is amazing. That's beautiful. (laughs) Yep. She is the reason I'm a veterinarian and also the biggest pain in my tuchus ever. You got a mare? <laughs> yep, yep. I have a mare. <laughs> a chestnut mare? <laughs> yes, she is a red chestnut mare. Yes, yep. And I have heard more and more that that is like the worst personality in a horse ever. <laughs> I mean, she's great. She's great. She's just very like high maintenance personality, you know? She, you know, I love her. She loves me, but like she's very high maintenance. Dressage wise, I was actually working at dressage stable this year in like March. <laughs> oh, that's so cool. Ugh, and the horses over there are fantastic. Like, have you been to Germany at all and seen their competition horses? No, I actually haven't yet. Oh, that's like on my bucket list is to go there and see some German stables. Yeah, we have we had a lot of good horses with like German backgrounds and stuff. And actually, I'm riding at a stable sometimes here in Poland as well. One of the horses uh, or like most of the horses actually have like German background, German roots. And living in Poland, have you learned any Polish or is everything in English over there? Like how being an international student, does that work? So I'm, I'm in English division, but we did have like two years of Polish. Um, I'm not going to lie. My Polish is not very good. <laughs> it's such a difficult language. I think it's like one of the most difficult classes we've had. Like it's just so hard. They have like five consonants like after each other. It's like R, Z, J, um, Z, Z. W K, you know, it's like just, 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 it's just like it's crazy, honestly. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely not. I mean, even to read na- Polish names in English is sometimes super challenging because of those letters don't usually go together in English. So you kind of just look at it and you're like, oh, I have to take a minute and think about how I'm supposed to say this. Exactly. No, it's so hard to like read and understand and everything. So. I got so much other stuff to learn. I'm not going to lie. So it just haven't been a priority of mine yet. Yeah, yeah. You have to learn all the medicine. You're like, I don't have time for a language. I'm learning medical language. Exactly. <laughs> Unfortunately, like, it's just like, it's so hard. <laughs> what are you learning now? Do they start with like basic? Because it's right out of high school, right? So you learn your basic sciences first and then slowly build into the medicine part. Yeah, that's exactly what we do. Actually, we had like in the beginning, you have, we have a lot of crap classes, honestly, like 
we had so many weird classes like technology and just like IT class and like weird stuff. Um, in the beginning, you know, we had the chemistry, biochemistry, anatomy, physiology, um, all those like basic stuff, pod stuff. And then eventually you move on to like uh, microbiology and pathophys, pathomorphology, those kind of things. And then we had one semester of like mostly like disease of farm animals combined with some like food processing and like a lot of stuff. We learned a lot about like agronomy and like food processing, a lot of like yeah, slaughterhouse practice and all of Yeah, all the agriculture side of it. Yeah. And then we had like um, one semester of like farm animals and then one of horses. And now we just started on small animals. So now we have like internal surgery and infections of like cats and dogs and stuff like that. Wow. That's so cool. So they kind of, they split it up kind of into species too. That's neat. Unfortunately though, most of farm animals and all of horses was during COVID. So I think I touched a horse once during the whole semester so oh that's sad because that's probably your favorite part (laughs) (laughs) that really really sucked honestly yeah that happened to me during COVID too like we would have they turned our classes were supposed to be full rotating like just out at clinics and stuff where we had would like have two months of farm animal stuff and two months of small animal two months of like horses and research and they turned it all into lectures and I got like two days at the dairy, a couple days in the small animal ER, like a week with horses, maybe. And that was it. You're going to like graduate and it's like, okay, I haven't touched a cow yet, but I've seen some pictures. <laughs> Let's try to do this. I was like, well, I haven't done that surgery, but I've seen it on Zoom a lot. Yes, <laughs> exactly. I've seen a YouTube video. Yeah, I know. That's like I'm interviewing for jobs and everything right now. And I'm like, well, I feel like I haven't really touched animals in a while. <laughs> exactly. Like, what, what else can you say? Yeah, it's it's crazy. I mean, at least, I mean, most of this year has been has been normal and I've been able to do my rotations, but it feels like I'm almost a year behind because I wish I was a little bit more like seamless in my clinical acumen, I guess you could say, which I should have been able to get out the kinks of all that stuff in third year, but I didn't have that. So now it's happening now. So I'm like, don't mind me. I'm just a little bit behind. It's not really my fault. I'm trying. <laughs> exactly. And I feel like I'm always the person in class who does everything first. Cause everyone's always like, okay, who wants to go first? And everyone's like dead quiet. And I'm just like, I'm just used to it now. So I'm just like, okay, let's take one for the team, you know, and the first, the first person to do something, always make a mistake. And then everyone learns from that, you know? So like, I'm that person. So like, yeah, I learned, I learned a lot though. And like, I always get to go first, but like, yeah, exactly. Well, at least, you know, you're the one teaching everybody else, you know, to not make that mistake. <laughs> exactly. Learn from my mistakes. <laughs> exactly. Oh my gosh. Oh, it's so crazy, but at least we're almost done. I mean, I do like being a student, but I'm kind of excited to not have to take tests anymore. <laughs> the, the exam part would actually be really nice, but I feel like I might, I might want to work in some other country anyways. So I might have to take some hard exams anyways. Yeah. So is the school you're in, is it AVMA accredited? Um, that's for like American stuff, isn't it? Um, no, it's not. Oh, okay. So if you want to come here, it's like the extra test. Yeah, exactly. So like most places I want to go, there is some, like, some sort of exams and stuff. So the States and Australia is a little bit difficult because you need to take the Navally, a state board exam. I think there are some more stuff depending on what state and stuff you want to go to. So I still, it's still going to be like a little work to, even like South Africa was like a quite difficult um, examination and Zimbabwe also was like a week of examinations. 
you know, a lot of money and every species. So like, I feel like I should do it quite early after I graduate. Yeah. While you still have kind of all that knowledge in your brain still before you kick most of it out. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Oh yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Cause we have to take, yeah, the NAVLI and then some states have their own board exam and then some other ones, it's just like a, a test on their laws. So, you know, like your prescribing laws and stuff like that, but yeah, that's fair though. We'll be right back with more vet candy. Hey, this is Dr. Julio Alonso. Do you want to keep up with everything vet med? Then check out my show on Vet Candy TV. We talk about clinical updates, science news, plus some of the coolest people in our profession. Stream at MyVetCandy 24-7 on YouTube, iTunes, and most other video platforms. Well, it was great meeting you today, Tina, and talking about all your travels. That's like so awesome. <laughs> oh, honestly, I could talk about my travels forever. I have so, I have so many funny stories. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. I can't even imagine like just going all those, all those different places and the crazy it's going to be Tina, 007 vet student. Well, thank you so much for joining me today and taking time out of, you know, your busy schedule, I'm sure, and time out of your travels to come on the show. <laughs> thank you so much for inviting me. It was really cool. <laughs> it's my first podcast. Oh, yay. We got a first podcast down. Woohoo! <laughs> exactly. I've had a few interviews and stuff with like some Russian and some American organizations, but never a podcast. Oh, awesome. Well, We are so happy your first podcast is with us. And to all of our listeners, for anyone that's interested in learning more about Tina's journey, we're going to drop her social media handle below in the details of this episode so you can figure out how to go on some amazing trips like her all over the world. So thank you for joining us on this episode. And my name is Shannon Gregoire, and we'll see you next time. Vet Candy. Vet Candy. Vet Candy. It's Vet Candy Radio.